Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. going on Steelers Nation Radio. It is high noon on a Friday afternoon. We finally made it. It's Friday and you guys already know to drill. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. I'm Wesley Euler. He's Arthur Motes. Between the two of us here on the Blitz, we got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest. But what you should know by now is that we're pre-recording this, all right? Motsi's still in San Diego. I am in my home studio just for a couple more weeks until we get back and live with you guys. But as always, as you're listening to the podcast, as you're listening to this in the SNR loop, if you want to chime in, we still want your tweets. We've got some that we'll get to before we get out of here today. And the best place to get a hold of us, of course, is on that Twitter.com, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. And what's up, Arthur Motes? You smiling? You looking good? Are you feeling good? How we doing? Man, first off, I feel amazing. I'm uh, real grounded and centered with oneself. Namaste, you know? <laughs> but can't complain, man. Always fun enjoying this California weather and beautiful sun, man. I heard you had a little snow back home, man. Hope you staying warm and bundled Ooh. up as I'm over here with shorts and a tank top. <laughs> oh, why, yeah, why don't you just rub it in, you, you big jerk, huh? Well, uh, well you, no, know, you... Some, you know, not all of us got a chance to go to Indy and go hang out with the big wigs at the combine and eat that nice filet mignon and all that Ooh. other good stuff y'all was doing out there. Ooh. Some of us regular people over here, you know, we, 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 couldn't, we couldn't get that invite. So at least can get some nice weather. I didn't know if you would want to go back to Indy. I mean, that's some, that's some PTSD there. Uh... No, no, no. It's worth it for the state. It's worth it for the state. Right, right, right. I I would totally go back to Indy. I don't want to go back to Latrobe. That's the difference. Latrobe, that's when the PTSD, the anxiety, everything goes up. I said, "Mm -hmm, that's a trigger for me. I don't want those triggers in my life. (laughs) I'm picking up up what you are putting down for sure. It is the Steelers Blitz here on a Friday. Plenty to get to, so let's jump right into it. Arthur Motes, since the last time you and I spoke on Wednesday – there's been a little bit of a commotion caused, mm-hmm. and stop me if you've heard this before, but it Uh-oh. evolves around the future of the quarterback position for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know. I mean, we've barely talked about this at all this offseason. Ever since the season ended, it's like we're not doing our due diligence and talking enough about who the next quarterback could be. <laughs> it's not. I thought it was a foregone conclusion that was Mason Rudolph. I thought that was what it was, and if you asked about any other quarterback, you're just wasting your time. That's what I thought. Ah. Was you know the assumption all of a okay. sudden? Yeah. Can I can I tell you a secret? Uh oh. I think I think I'll you're right. Else now. I th- I think okay. you're right. Okay. Uh huh. But okay. we still got air. We still got air time that we got to fill here. So I uh, you yes. know let's <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> we we've talked everything from Kenny Pickett to Malik Willis to everyone available in the draft. We've discussed free agents from Jameis Winston to Miss Trubisky and all on down the list. We've talked potential trades with Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson, Jimmy G, everybody else, and uh, and now Arthur Motes. A little a little stir yesterday um, when Sean King, who is a uh, a host in Las Vegas for Vsin, which is the uh, the sports gambling network 
that was started by Brent Musburger, I believe, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, ra- radio host out out in Viva Las Vegas. Sean King tweets, I am hearing that if things go well Friday for Deshaun Watson, he will be traded to the Steelers soon after. Now, real quick, for those of you who say, well, wait, wait, wait. It goes well with Deshaun Watson Friday. Today's Friday. What are you talking about? Here's what he means by that. Here's what Sean King means by that. Uh, A grand jury will finally hear evidence involving the cases around Deshaun Watson on Friday. So, uh, in the case involving Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson, uh, he will face questions for the first time pending some of his civil lawsuits. And that will happen on Friday. And and basically, there's 12. And, and again, I don't have a law degree. I've known you for a few years now. But <laughs> I don't think I don't think you have a law degree either. But basically, you know, from what I've attained from kind of reading through this here is that um, there's 12 grand jurors that sit on yeah. this panel, if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. If nine of the 12. um want to proceed with criminal charges that's that's the number so if yes. if they hear this if they hear this evidence if 9 of the 12 think that it's worth you know again pursuing filing, yeah pursuing filing mm-hmm. uh criminal charges then Deshaun Watson could be charged that's again from the from the uh from the legal criminal standpoint and then there's the civil side of these things as well so that's what Sean King means by if things go well for Deshaun Watson Friday, and obviously there'll be some news to come from that. Now, again, I don't have a law degree. I don't. I know that normally these processes take a long time. I don't know if we're going to get clarity on Deshaun Watson sometime in the next 24 hours or in the next if he's cleared or exonerated. If he's not going to be charged, maybe if there's some type of settlement and this and this you know goes away. But that's the Friday deadline. And again, Sean King hearing if things go well Friday for Deshaun Watson. Uh, Deshaun to the Steelers is happening soon after. Let me ask you this, Boats. When you when you hear that originally, what's your reaction? Are you buying it? Are you surprised? Or do you think maybe it's just you know somebody else who again is trying to use the Steelers and the need for a quarterback to to drum up some conversation? No, um, I think there is some validity to it. Why wouldn't it be? We know Deshaun Watson was already linked to who? Brian Flores. Where is Brian Flores at now? Pittsburgh. We already know that Mr. Rooney has proven on numerous occasions that he is not afraid to do what he feels is best for his team and give guys second chances, regardless of what others might say. Case in point, Michael Vick. When we brought him in, everybody around the organization, not in the Steelers organization, but the fans, the different uh, activist groups, man, they were protesting every single day. People were making comments on social media every single day. You drive to the stadium on game day, the protesters were out there. But Mr. Rooney said, man, this guy has already served his time. This guy has already done what he was supposed to do, and he gave him a second chance. And that's just one of the examples. If Deshaun Watson on Friday is cleared in the sense of civil versus criminal, just breaking it down, right? The civil stuff is where he would have to do a settlement, and that is that, that takes time. So there's no rush on that. But the grand jury part is for the criminal element, and that is what would ultimately keep him from being able to play in the NFL. Guys don't get suspensions for civil suits. Guys don't get, hey, you're not going to be able to play it all for a civil case because plenty of us as NFL players have had to experience civil cases, and most of them, you just settle out of court. 
But when it's a criminal charge, you don't have that luxury. That's right. the biggest difference. And when a grand jury looks at the evidence and says, hey, we don't care about with anything that anyone has to say, this is enough that we think he can be tried and we think he, we can prosecute him. That's where we would get all that. Correct. So that's why when you talk about the information for Friday being so significant, it is in that vein, because if they say that, hey, this is if not enough information, not. we're not going to take him. To, we're not going to charge him. Well, now, yes, he becomes available because now you're just saying, oh, this is a civil case. All right. Pay them. Move on. And not to be harsh, but that's just the reality of how it works with those civil cases like that when there is no criminal backing. But as long as there is no criminal backing, you can make that move. And I do think even me as a contributor to the Steelers media department, right? And a fan of the team, an alumni of the team, I can get behind a civil suit. I can't get behind criminal. And that's the biggest difference. So for Friday, I mean, this is significant because we do know that Deshaun Watson is an amazing talent. He is the prototypical player, has been for a couple of years now. He can throw. He can make every single throw that you want. He can beat you with his legs. He is a proven, he is a proven leader. You know, and like you said, the age part, shoot, it didn't matter if he was 35. That's still young in the NFL because we know quarterbacks in the NFL play to their mid-40s if they want to. But when I think of Deshaun, it just makes so much sense that if he gets cleared on Friday to have him come to Pittsburgh because you have sustained leadership here. You have Coach Tomlin. You have Kevin Colbert who's still staying on at least until the draft. You have Mr. Rooney, an owner who's done this for multiple years. He's lived through any type of controversy, whether you're talking about the quarterback position, the linebacker position, wherever we want to go, running back, he's seen it, he's lived through it, and ultimately you look at how he's stuck by his players as well. And if you're a guy like Deshaun Watson, you might be feeling like your organization turned their back on you when this popped up and the way that the Texans handled the situation. You might look at Pittsburgh and it'd be that much more appealing to you Mm -hmm. because not just Brian Flores, but the way that their management has handled situations in the past that pertain to situations, you know, in the, in the ballpark of what you're dealing with, if we're being real about it. Yeah, yeah. So that that's the big reason why for me, I do think there's some validity to that. And I would be interested in him if that works out on Friday. But the only way I'm interested is if it works out like that on Friday, because otherwise, what are we seeing here? Otherwise, we're backing you know, a, a guy who is a bad person, you know, who's got, and who's we got don't want to charges. Pending, right, right. Right. And we don't want to do that, especially in the nature of those charges, what they could potentially be. So that's why with this man, it's a very unique subject and we have to be, you know, respectable to people's yeah. feelings because this can trigger trauma for a lot of people who've experienced this, whether it's being accused or being a victim. So that's the reason why, for me, I'm always a little hesitant when we're talking about him and how much I like his on-field stuff because it's like I can't say here 100% without a shadow of a doubt that he did not do any of that. And that's the reason why we have due process. That's the reason why we have a judicial system. And that's the biggest reason why Friday is so impactful in terms of Deshaun's career, not just this season, but the future as well. Because unlike Mike Vick, at the end of the day, we know with him, he went to prison, but because of it being animals, the sentence was a little bit shorter. When you're talking about what Deshaun is being accused of, that isn't an animal. That is a human. And there is a difference. And to me, I just, I personally would have a harder time, you know, moving forward with a guy like that, especially if he was proven to be guilty of any of those charges. Yeah, no, I, I think that's well said by you, especially the 
you know, the sensitivity part. Like we're we're trying we're trying to handle this conversation respectfully and and with sensitivity. You know, let me ask let me ask you this too, because I, I'd be very interested to get your you know, I make this joke, not even joke. I say this, I feel like at least once a month, but that's why I love doing the show with you because you have so many of these hypothetical scenarios or just so many of these different um things that happen to sports organizations are just part of being a, a team in the locker room. You, you've, you've been through all that. You mentioned Brian Flores, right? You and I, I mean, we, we spent two shows, I think the better part of two shows discussing Brian Flores and his situation. And obviously I'm referencing the pending lawsuit against the national football league and a few of its franchises. Yeah. You moats were with the Steelers when Let's let's say some distractions happened, right? Oh, that's you, a nice way to put it. <laughs> you were you were there you were there for the infamous Antonio Brown Facebook Live in the locker room. You were there for the national anthem situation in Chicago, right? You you've been you've been around. I, I was the, there for the the, the Garrett Blunt walk off the field. You were there. I, for, I totally for forgot about that. I've, I've experienced for, it all, man. Come Garrett huh? Blunt walking off. You you you've experienced it all, and you've had firsthand experience with steel, seeing how the Steelers deal with drama, distractions, whatever you want to label. Yeah. On the backdrop of the Steelers standing with Brian Flores clearly. Right. I mean, cause that's, that's what they did in, in hiring him. And we know that that's going to be a yes. process and that's going to be something that they're going to be asked about, not just one time that it's, it's something right. that they're going to be asked about through the process. Does that factor into the Deshaun Watson conversation at all, where you're saying, okay, you know, we've already got one thing that is again, I don't, whatever one distraction, whatever it's, it's something that's around the organization. You know, do do we want to potentially bring in, you know, a, another, a, another, you know, guy with some stuff that is going to linger or fester around the organization? Is that something that you consider at all? That like, so as I told you, much of that. So as I told you when we brought it with Brian Flores, it's only a distraction to fans and media. Us as players, when we shut that door, we don't care about anything that fans or media have to say because we know that we are all we have and we have this brotherhood. And that's ultimately why we were able to maneuver through every obstacle, sure. every situation that most people would say, man, this is a distraction. How do you focus? Dude, those are the easy stuff. The real distractions is when you go home and you're dealing with your significant other, your children, your family members, and the things that they have going on. That's more of a distraction than anything that the media or fans try to put on us. And that's the biggest reason why I felt like in Pittsburgh, that really never bothered us. Hmm. Now, when we were talking about the national anthem, that had a different effect solely because of the personal element within the locker room. They felt like a trust was broken sure. and we had to work on repairing those relationships. But anything else from fans or from media, we never really cared about it, honestly. It was like water going on a duck's back. So when I think of the Deshaun Watson situation, it is similar in a sense, but slightly different because... With Brian Flores, he is proving that he was a victim. Whereas mm -hmm. with Deshaun Watson, he is having to prove that he was not a criminal. And mm -hmm. I think those two things are different, very similar to when we talk about the national anthem. That wasn't a, hey, man, you're a bad person. That was, hey, man, we thought we had agreement and the trust was broken. With LeGarrette Blunt, it was like, man, we thought we had this, this brotherhood and you walked out on us. With right. A.B., 
it was like, hey, man, we were all on Facebook Live. You just kept yours on and we stopped ours. That was it. But media blew it out of proportion. Fans blew it out of proportion. Us as a team, we could, we could not care any less. And that was just the, the reality of it. So when you're talking about Deshaun Watson being a distraction, it's only to talking heads like me and you, and it's only to fans because that is something that they can point to and say, oh, this is tangible. This has to be a distraction. Hmm. Whereas for us as players, we do not care about the outside noise. The thing that affects us the most is when we go into our personal lives. Those are the distractions, and we deal with those constantly. If people really knew the distractions that a player dealt with on a day-to-day basis, they would be blown away. Blown away. And that's why when you see a big story, a big headline come out, and you're like, well, how do these guys go out here on a Sunday and still play and win? Because <laughs> it's like, bro, that's that's light. <laughs> we right. know how to deal with that. You, you know what I got to go home and do with this baby mama? You know what I got to go home and deal with this family member asking for money? Or, you know, I got to go home and, and I got to, you know, calm my friends down because they want to go fight somebody or attack somebody. That's real drama. That's real distractions. So with any of this stuff with Brian Flores, it's like, man, that's not a distraction. It's honestly not. And with Deshaun, like I said, it's not a distraction. The only reason it's slightly different is because of the criminal element to it. Yeah, But if you remove that criminal element, which he is hoping happens on Friday, that goes water under the bridge. We're not even concerned with that anymore. I tell you what, this this could all happen very fast. I think especially when you consider, yeah. um, you know, I said this at the, at the top of the, the show here, free agency starts on Wednesday of next week. Free agency is just a few days away. So if you are planning to acquire try and acquire Deshaun Watson services if if you know if he's cleared of charges if you are you know again Mitch Trubisky Jameis Winston whatever you're gonna have to make those decisions pretty quick and so no no uh-uh remember patience that's what y'all told me patience and, and I'm over here like yep you, we're gonna, we're gonna never, excuse me we're gonna keep being patient we're gonna keep never, being patient and, never and how many guys go. have we how many guys have we seen come off the board now okay first it was Aaron Rodgers then it was Russell Wilson now it's Carson Wentz. That's your boy, too. This is third team. Now, come on. I don't, don't think I forgot about that. But even Carson Wentz, I'm like, yo, he was another one. So it's like, how many more of these names have to go off the board before we say, you know what, maybe we should have a little urgency? Or are we just going to roll with Mason or Malik Willis or, or Kenny Pickett? I was going to say, yeah, having, having and, and faith to that me, you're going to get a guy at 20. Right. Because when I look at what Carson Wentz went, got traded for, I say to myself, dude, you mean to tell me that could have been a second-round pick? I like Carson Wentz over any of these guys in the second round that we might take. A third-round pick? I like Carson Wentz over any third-round guy we're going to draft this season. But that's the context that gets lost because of this, you know, machismo that we like to operate with the Steeler fans. Oh, yeah, we do it our way. We don't want that guy. He sucks. We go through the draft. And it's like, man, you got to understand that this is different when you're talking about the quarterback position. If you don't have that piece, it is extremely hard to win, regardless of how talented your roster is. Case in point, the San Francisco 49ers. Even though we're over here looking at Jimmy G like he's an upgrade, we still see his limitations and how even though a stacked 49ers roster, they still couldn't get it done in some of those critical moments because of the limitations at quarterback. And that's the reason why, for me, I've experienced that, which I've voiced to you already. I'm like, you don't want to operate like that because it makes your margin of error so small. And it is very hard to win like that. And we saw in 2019. Elite defense, right? Elite defense. But our margin for error was so small that, hey, if they don't get multiple turnovers, if they don't find a way to score on defense, we don't have a chance. And that's the issue. 
No, it absolutely is. You, you are you are certainly right. So if we're gonna if we're doing this hypothetical thing, we got to do this hypothetical thing, right? Uh oh, uh oh. Let's dive in, man. What what are you willing to give up for Desha- if if okay, you know scenario obviously again Deshaun Watson is is cleared of charges grand grand jury doesn't think the evidence is there to to pursue with criminal you know proceedings against Deshaun Watson what is what what are you willing to offer what do you think that that trade package could look like I would offer multiple first round picks without batting an eye because to me he is worth that and. The same way I talked about Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. And I said, man, even though you deplete your draft capital by giving it up to get a player like that, they are force multipliers in the sense that, number one, they're going to make your roster immediately better, but they are also going to draw in free agents. And that's the part that I feel gets overlooked when we only think about what you have to give up to acquire those guys. Right, they the salary produce, and everything. Right. They produce residual income. Because they make guys want to come to play for you. That was the biggest reason for me. Where I was like, man, 2014, I'm like, yo, I want to go to Pittsburgh. You know why? Because Ben Roethlisberger is there. I don't want to go to Cleveland, even though they're going to pay me more money. You know why? Because they got Brandon Whedon over there. (laughs) He's not Ben Roethlisberger. (laughs) They got Brian Hoyer. He's not Ben Roethlisberger. And to me, that is a significant difference. And when I look at Mason Rudolph versus some of these other quarterbacks, I say, is Mason a draw? Right now, he is not. Not saying that he can't grow into that, but at this current stage, he's not that. And understanding that we still have guys that are ready to win now. We still have a ton of talent. And I hear people say, well, we're not one quarterback away. You're right. But I tell you what, one quarterback like that, that changes the whole dynamic of this team. Gets you a lot closer. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. So this whole narrative, this whole notion of, oh, well, because we're not one quarterback away, why should we make a move like that? Why don't we wait and just build it up slow? I say to myself, man, that is how you, you know, become a franchise that is mediocre, that doesn't win the division, that doesn't constantly advance in the postseason. Right. Think about how we get how we made the postseason this year. It wasn't a dominant performance. It became luck in some sense of Oh, that team lost. Okay, great. Okay, we barely skimmed out of this. Okay, they don't. They can't tie, and they have to win. Like we don't want to live like that every season. We don't want to do that. But that's what you're in line for if you don't address the yeah. biggest piece to that puzzle. And that biggest piece is who the franchise quarterback. So that's why for me, I don't balk at giving up a ton for Deshaun Watson because you pay for what you get. And he is one of those guys that is worth that penny. He is one of those guys that is worth multiple first-round draft picks and even a player if necessary because with his situation, you know Houston is going to play hardball. Houston is not going to just give him up. They're not going to do, oh, man, well, we like him a lot. We're going to give him away for cheap. No, that's not how they're going to have They would have done that already right? if that was the case. Absolutely. So you're going to have to give up a, a, a lot for him. But he is worth it if he's cleared. Huge emphasis on if he is cleared, but he is that type of guy. He is that caliber quarterback. And I can tell you firsthand, he is as good as advertised. If he is on your team, your team is a contender. What he was doing in Houston with that roster, with those pieces around him, insane. How he would drag those offenses. You're like, bro, who is he even throwing the ball to? Oh, now he finally got DeAndre Hopkins. That's it. And he's still cooking. It's like, man, that's what he's capable of. And that's why for me, I say, man, you do what you have to do to get him because he makes you a legitimate contender. He takes away the talk of the standard being the standard and he brings it back to reality. 
and as you mentioned, you know, maybe helps you recruit some free agents as well, too. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe Bobby Wagner. Guys that want to play for Deshaun Watson. Absolutely yeah. they would. You, combine- and you don't have to sell them on that. You don't have to sell them on Deshaun Watson. They already know that because as players, we can tell. It's like, yo, I believe in him. I already know because I've seen it before. Whereas with um, um, with Mason, unfortunately, right now, he's still in the prove it part of his career. So you're not going to get a ton of proven veterans wanting to come here because they believe in Mason. And that's what you'd have to overpay in a sense. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You not only would have, you know, the fran- the young franchise quarterback that's attractive, you would have the Steelers organization, which which is one of the, you know, I think better uh, reputations amongst leagues. Oh, absolutely. Amongst absolutely. the franchises across the league. Um, you got TJ Watt and Cam Hayward and Minka Fitzpatrick. You got Mike Tomlin. You got Brian Flores. I mean, there's there's a lot there to sell. Um, and Mr. Rooney up top. And, Come on, man. Yeah, we can't leave the, him out. The 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 ownership stability is 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 huge as well, too. Absolutely. So multiple first round picks. Let's say a twentieth overall pick this year. First round pick in twenty twenty three as well, too. And you throw uh, another first round pick in twenty twenty four. In twenty twenty four, like I'm yeah, cool three of them. with that. I I would still be fine with it because you don't find twenty five. What is he? They might. It's twenty six. Maybe I, I was gonna. I was. Gonna I think he's twenty six. Give me. Yeah, give me I was gonna say maybe twenty six. Right. He is twenty six. Yes. You don't find twenty six year old franchise quarterbacks on the open market. It's a reason why he has never tasted free agency. It's a reason why Russell Wilson has never tasted free agency. It's a reason why Aaron Rodgers hasn't tasted free agency. When you have those caliber quarterbacks young in their careers, you lock them up. You keep them for as long as you can. And the only way you get rid of them is for a king's ransom because they are worth that. So that's why, for me, I don't bulk at three first-round picks because he is that good. He is. And now you can go back to that model of, man, we could draft a receiver wherever. It doesn't matter. We're going to be all right. And and that's just the nature of it. And I also think about what that does in terms of helping out Najee Harris. Oh, for sure. Now Najee's not running into no no, no seven-man box anymore. No, no, no. Nope. Nope. You you play that type of defense. You play a single high defense versus Deshaun you want to. You, you, you do all this man-to-man you want to. Okay. Go for it. Go Game for it. changer. Game changer. Yeah. And, and that's maybe a guy the other like Juju, part of it. Maybe a guy like Juju takes a discount to come back. Absolutely. That changes so much, man. But it starts with having that franchise quarterback and not a guy that we speculate on and try to talk ourselves into believing they could be QB1. We don't even know if Mason's going to beat out Dwayne Haskins just yet. We're talking about drafting a Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis and saying, hey, man, we think one of these guys might beat him out. And we think that both of those guys are still limited in terms of how good they can be NFL-wise. Yeah. So why even go that route when you can go get a proven commodity that's young, that will be on your team for the next 10-plus years? That's the, big, that's the big reason for me why I would be so willing to give up multiple first-round draft picks for a player like that because I know what it does to your roster. I know what it does to your franchise. And I know what it happens to your franchise when you do not have that type of player. And that's why we love having you, Arthur Motes, to give us that inside experience, baby. You, you, you bringing up my PTSD thinking about no quarterback. Man, I think in Buffalo, I'm like, man, we were stacked. And it was like we were missing that piece. And you just want to beat your head on the, on the goalpost when you're losing 9-3, to 13-6. <laughs> you're like, bro, we, they're, they're not even scoring two touchdowns. How are we losing? And we still that's can't win. That's a bad feeling. That's yeah. a bad feeling. Oh, how do we lose? Two pick sixes? What? 
that's a terrible feeling, man. And we don't we don't want Cam Hayward and TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick feeling that way. No, this not is, at all, man. This is certainly something we're going to monitor. Certainly something we're going to keep an eye on. And I got a feeling maybe even on Monday's show we'll be discussing this a little bit further. But we got to get to a break yeah. for now. On the other side, when we come back here, um, I want to have a Kendrick Green conversation with Arthur. Mo- some mm-hmm. some interesting, you know, as we as we exit the combine, get closer to the draft and free agency, some interesting offensive line conversations going on. And I want to talk to Motsi about how Kendrick Green relates to that. We'll also do some free agent conversation, you know, positional priorities uh, with that as well, too. So all that on the board when we return. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR. <laughs> 